Super Talk Mississippi media production. Running a business is tough. If you're struggling with HR benefits and payroll, you're not alone. Many businesses just don't have the resources to keep up. That's where MWG Employer Services comes in. We provide a full range of employer services with everything from payroll to benefits to HR services and compliance and can create a custom plan that fits your needs and budget. We're a Mississippi-based company that can help you focus on what you do best, growing your business. Call MWG Employer Services today at 601-206-7966 or go to MWG Employer Services You're listening to Sports Talk Mississippi On Demand, presented by Pearl River Resort. Escape to Choctaw, Mississippi and enjoy world-class gaming, the Dancing Rabbit Golf Club, and Geyser Falls Water Park. Escape to Pearl River Resort. To the junction, in the grove, and to the top. This, this is Sports Talk Mississippi. On your radio and in the game. Right here on Super Talk Mississippi. From M-Trade Park in Oxford, Mississippi, we are glad to be with you on this Friday afternoon on Sports Talk Mississippi. Streaming at supertalk.fm, Supertalk TV, and of course on your Super Talk Mississippi radio stations. Alongside Michael Borky, I'm Richard Cross. Brian Haydad has the day off. Foo Fighters concert tonight for uh, Mr. and Mrs. Brian Haydad. So uh, he's doing the uh, the music thing, and we are hanging out with uh, with you. Got Lance in the studio today. Will may be hanging around as well, at least for a little while, and uh, we're glad to be with you. If you are watching on uh, Super Talk TV, Maybe on Seaspire TV, you uh, you know that it looks like we're doing the witness protection thing. Our apologies for that. We got a backlighting issue. We got a backlighting. Uh, yeah. Uh, the problem is, it's almost like there's some thunderstorms that are headed this way. You know, we're doing that whole late June, mid June. It's hot. It's muggy. The air is a little unstable. And uh, so we were set up out uh, in the middle of one of the quads where uh, you've got softball going on this afternoon, and we decided that uh, it would be better to move now than to try and scramble in the middle of the show. And so we are... Although that would have been a fun video, watching us try to move everything you know, while we're getting rained on. Been Maybe there, an expensive one. Been but. there, done that, yeah. no thanks. <laughs> we did that, uh, what, at Colin a couple of years ago. I remember that. Although the, uh, that was beautifully executed. And yeah. it's a shame that nobody got to see that happen, because going from one location to another in a short commercial break is impressive. Yeah. And nobody got to see how impressive that was. It's just, we'll be right back, and then, hey, we're back. And it's like nothing happened in between. Uh, we are here today for the Mississippi Bombers Summer Southeast Invite. It's one of the biggest and most prestigious softball tournaments that happens anywhere in the country, happening right here in Mississippi at M-Trade Park. 120 teams, 15 states, all competing uh, in three different age groups, 14U, 16U, and uh, 18U. So this is an invitational. Teams from all over the country invited to come in and play. Uh, Oxford has been taken over by uh, by young women's softball. Uh, you got people and teams all over the place, and uh, there's a lot of cool stuff. We're going to tell you more about that. Brad Freeman will join us uh, a little bit later this afternoon. We'll also talk uh, with Tony Knight from Mississippi Bombers. This is the event that, uh, that he runs uh, and has been doing for several years here in Oxford and has been a really, really successful uh, event. That's why teams keep coming back year after year. So uh, we'll get into that. You you walked through earlier, and you're like, 
Wow. Yeah, I was just I, a lot. I mean, of I, you teams. know, I, I played youth baseball and stuff, so I've been to tournaments like this, but I was still just kind of like wide-eyed trying to find where we were set up walking through here, just the volume of teams and and unfortunately, I think all of these people are well, I say unfortunately, as an owner of a store on the square, they're going to have to find somewhere else to go. Well, maybe. 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 Knock on wood. We've heard a couple rumbles of thunder, but sun's out now. Yeah, as long as the uh, as long as the lightning stays away, we'll be okay. You know, one of the cool things about M-Trade Park, and if uh, you or you've got a son or a daughter that's ever played in an event here, you know the uh, all of the infields are, uh, are turf. So water, not an issue. All the outfields are natural yeah. grass. They've really invested heavily uh, in that to uh, to make sure that there's kind of uniformity in the playing surfaces. Uh, and so as long as there's not lightning, they are uh, they are good to go here. And uh, we'll see. We'll, uh, we'll keep an eye on it and see how it goes. Yeah. I, I just I need to figure out how to get my energy back. I, I am running on fumes. Your energy? I, I am running on fumes. Why? And I got a gigantic coffee this morning. That didn't do anything. Two reasons. One... Uh, thunderstorm came through about 4.45 that woke me up. Okay. And that was after a late bedtime last night at after midnight because I, for some reason, decided to uh, illegally stream, by the way, because I don't pay for Paramount Plus and I don't like watching things in foreign languages, so I didn't watch on Univision. We beat Mexico in soccer last night. Oh, yeah, there was some drama there. Oh, there was some drama there. Yeah, But it's something that irks me about that. So what happened last night is not new. When it comes to the stuff on the field, right? It's a bitter rivalry, and and it gets contentious. And especially when you're beating Mexico as bad as we beat them last night. By the way, Trey Cicero, three to nothing, mm-hmm. just from start to finish. We were the better country, which ten years ago you couldn't say. I mean, a dramatic difference. Better team in or better? Co- well, I mean, better country. I think we better were all- team. Okay. A significantly better team, more skilled, better players. I mean, it wasn't even close. And that was their. Like, best you just took a shot at the entire country of Mexico, uh, no. though. The, the teams, it was. It was their best versus our best, and we smoked them. And and when you're beating Mexico, they're going to do things like try to intentionally injure your players. Weston McKinney got his jersey ripped off of his body. I mean, seriously, ripped off of his body. That kind of crap you expect. But I am I am sick and tired of watching American players in an American stadium in an American city get hit with bottles and cans from Mexican fans. And I don't know what you do to stop it, but it it happened again last night. It it is a persistent thing. And it only happens when we play Mexico because they they play all these games on the West Coast so they can fill up gigantic football stadiums, and and, that's capitalism at work. But uh, it drives me insane as uh, as somebody that, you know, uh, patriot, whatever word you want to use. But I, I watched last night again, again, American players, after succeeding on an American field, in an American city, get pelted with cans and bottles again. But ultimately, they ended the game before the uh, the stoppage time came to an end because the referee judged that the Mexican fans in the stands were violating uh, some code of conduct rule that has been put in place with a, uh, a homophobic slur. Uh, it's... I guess it was directed at a player, but it was not necessarily specific to a player. It wasn't they, calling they it a player something specifically. Kicks. Yeah, when there's an opponent goal kick, they they chant this word over and yeah. over and over, and it happened multiple times in the game. And ultimately, the officials like that's enough. We're getting out of here. Game over, and they called it. There were some people that were like, you know what? 
just kick him out of the tournament. It's a CONCACAF tournament. They didn't do that. Um, the United States Soccer Federation uh, has agreed to operate with some leniency because they do have the ability to ban Mexico from playing any games in the United States for a couple of years. Uh, and if there's a second offense, they could push the ban up to five years. They've said they will you know, work with Mexico not to do that as long as the Mexican Soccer Federation is proactively trying to stop it from happening. And they're they've, not, and they, they never will. Well, they've done it with PSAs and player messages and things like that. So they're at least they're giving, trying. It, it's yeah. just not going to work. And I mean, you, it, it's the same thing. This goes all the way back to 2004. I didn't know that this happened. I learned this today. In 2004, uh, very close to September 11th, as you can imagine, uh, after they beat us in Mexico in a World Cup qualifying game, they chanted, not every fan, but there was an audible Osama, Osama, Osama chant. Uh. That, I mean, that, that's the kind of stuff we're talking about. And yet again last night, I don't know what you do to solve it, but I, I, mean, I was happy as can be watching us beat the crap out of our rival again. It's like if, if Mississippi State or Ole Miss won the Egg Bowl 48 to nothing. I mean, that's how bad of a beatdown it was last night against a bitter rival. But... It, I don't know what you can do to stop it, but that's got to stop. The, the fact that our players are getting pelted with cans and bottles in in our country, in a stadium in one of our cities, by opposing fans, something has to give, and they have got to find a way to stop it. It, it enrages me. Those are American players getting treated like that in this country. It drives me insane. And I can't believe we've put up for, put up with it for as long as we have. Because so it happens all the time. So you stayed up late, and that's why you didn't sleep, and that's why you're tired today. Just get yourself together. Come on now. I'm, I'm just, working just on it. together. I, I am. College I am. World Series is underway in Omaha. Oral Roberts and TCU are playing pretty fun baseball game. They're headed to the seventh inning, and they are tied at two. TCU hit a solo home run in the fourth inning. Oral Roberts a two-run shot in the top of the sixth inning to take the lead for the first time. And uh, TCU has answered with a run in the bottom of the sixth inning. So they head to the seventh, 2-2 ball game. Later tonight, you've got uh, Florida and Virginia playing. And then uh, and then two games tomorrow. Wake Forest-Stanford is the early game. LSU-Tennessee is the late game tomorrow night. Also, the U.S. Open is going. The leaders have not teed off yet. Well, there's a new one. Although there is a new leader as Wyndham Clark is three under on his round today through 17. He's got one hole remaining. 18 has not been a uh, – well, I don't know if he started on the front of the back. So uh, I'm not sure if he's finishing his round on nine or on 18. He's played really well today, and uh, he was two shots back when he started, got it to nine under, lost a shot. He's been in a tie for the lead for a while, but currently Wyndham Clark in lead at the, the U.S. Open at nine under par. Ricky Fowler and Xander Shoffley are set to go off. Ricky Fowler in just a few minutes. Uh, Xander Shoffley uh, about, what, 22 minutes after him. Harris English has played well today, went out and shot a 66 today. To follow up his 67 yesterday, he is currently two shots off the lead. Rory McIlroy, one under through 15 today. He is six under par, currently three shots off the lead. Dustin Johnson at five under. Sam Bennett, who had the uh, the magical run at the Masters as an amateur, uh, he is five under. He's just a Wu great Lee player, as is it five turns under. Out. Yeah, he's just a great player. He didn't play great in the college events post-Masters, but uh, back on the PGA Tour, he's uh, he's been pretty good. So pretty good leaderboard as uh, we check in with things at the U.S. Open. Much Lots higher to- scores today than yesterday. 
much yes fewer low numbers out there yeah and i feel like those eight unders grab so much of the attention but you had what 36 players in the red yesterday yeah more coming up with you sports talk mississippi in the pearl river resort studios Sports Talk Mississippi, your new home for exclusive sports coverage here in the Magnolia State. Let me put it to you this way. Right here on Super Talk Mississippi. Michael Borky's not in the uh, the production studio today, <laughs> but I love the bump music. Lance spinning the records. What's up, my man? I love the guy that had the uh, the red cup back there. That's Oxford, man. Y'all looking like I'm having some fun. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, it's a uh, a great setup on a Friday afternoon. We're not us carry... though, for the record. Yeah, not you yeah. guys. No, no. I just not, got the I got the Chick Fil A cup. That's what yeah. Brad gave me with the. Uh, I they get good ice here. Hey, please tell okay. Brad Freeman hello for me. He is an all time great, one of the greatest dudes ever. He's a great dude. I don't know about being an all time great though. I mean, that might be a little bit of a stretch. He's a state guy. I know. Yeah, we uh, we'll, we'll talk with Brad coming up in a little while. You can even tell him hi yourself, Lance. I don't have to do that for you. What's up, Brad? Um, yeah, yeah. So he'll uh, he'll jump on with us here in a little while. Two two. Oral Roberts and uh, and TCU. It's College World Series. They're in the top of the seventh inning. I guess this is the last time that we have to lament the fact that uh, baseball season is over in the uh, the Magnolia State. It's not yeah. what we've been used to, right? Uh, two years ago, it was Mississippi State who made the deep run. Last year, it was Ole Miss who made the uh, the deep run. Um, yeah. Why is it Oral Roberts uh, that is making these runs? I mean, what is it about them? I mean, they did it in basketball, and now here they are, possibly. It's been a good baseball program for a while. It has. But but still, I mean, it, making it, uh, nobody thought that they would make it here, and uh, they have a chance to win their first game in the College World Series. What What is the magic there? Maybe it's the, the, you know, the, the ban on students drinking alcohol. It's, yeah, they're a little bit more clear-minded. They're not partying on Thursday nights. They're just studying film and getting extra BP in and uh, getting up shots and shooting free throws, and that's why they're making these runs. I don't know. I do know that Oral Roberts, about two hours ago, had purchased more Jello shots than Stanford, which seems counterintuitive also. Oral Roberts is closer to Omaha than, uh, than Stanford is, what? and... Uh, their fans care about it, so there are more of them that are there. But there's there are standard code of conduct thing, and yeah, I mean, not everybody goes to school there. That's a fan. Did you see these shirts, by the way? Did you see the shirt? So the College World Series makes shirts for every team, right? So you've got, you know, Oma Frogs and Oma Vols, and, and we've seen it in the past. Oma Who's, Oma Chomp, which is bad for Florida. You've got Oralaha. For Oral Roberts, big shirt, shirt that just Oral Aha across, and then Stanford baseball. They just they didn't get anything special. They're just Stanford baseball. But wait, what, what would you do for Stanford? Like Cardinal Ha, which is pretty bad. It's bad. I mean, Gator Ha is better than Oma Chomp. Oma Chomp is bad. Gator Ha would have been and, the and right. It's like one. just stop, right? Just put the College World Series logo if it works. 
It yeah. works, right? I mean, Omaha Hogs, Arkansas did that. Okay, Omaha it works. Omaha, O L E M A H A, whatever. It worked, but uh, yeah, you, you don't you don't have to. Or Omaha. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's, that's not great. You can get that shirt for the low price of thirty eight dollars if you want one. And look, man, they couldn't they couldn't sell t shirts fast enough the last couple of years. I mean, the the run on the merchandise tents. During the College World Series and then immediately following the national championship win for Ole Miss was insane. Well, I couldn't imagine. And the ability to uh, to turn those shirts around quickly is uh, is really I, impressive. I feel like the Oral Roberts shirts are going to sell just because of how goofy they are to people that aren't fans of Oral Roberts. They just you want, yeah, you want that. maybe. It, it was like the time that and, and Ole Miss didn't sell them, but they should. It was like the time that Ole Miss uh, accidentally uh, put an actor on the. Um, Medical Heroes cups in the stadium, mm-hmm. and it was a an actor of a particular genre, and they didn't sell those cups, and they should have. But uh, yeah, they could have sold those for like a hundred bucks a pop if they wanted to. Same thing here, thirty eight, maybe a little low. If I was there, I'd get one. Of course you would. <laughs> of course you would. So interesting stuff out west in terms of conference realignment. San Diego State has given the Mountain West written notice that they, quote, intend to resign from the Mountain West Conference, close quote. Now, when it says they intend to resign, that's not the same as saying I quit. It's not saying I I quit as I quit. Telling your boss you intend to quit is not you actually putting in your two weeks' notice. So in a letter, the school asked the Mountain West for a one-month extension. Remember, there was a June 30th deadline for right. them to either leave or their their payout to leave the conference. The penalty for leaving the conference went up. And so San Diego State has asked the Mountain West, uh, West Conference for a one-month extension in their ability to ask to leave. Given unforeseen delays involving other collegiate athletic conferences beyond our control, there does not appear at this point to be an invitation to San Diego State for San Diego State from the Pac 12 or any other Power Five conference for that matter. San Diego State President Adela De La Torre on Tuesday brought the complexity uh, brought complexities and prompted a tense back and forth between the league and the school San Diego State subsequently informed the league that the letter was quote not the official notice of resignation San Diego State has to give a year of notice to withdraw next June if they wait past June 30th the exit fee that they owe jumps from nearly 16 and a half million dollars to almost $34 million. They have been linked to the Pac-12. Now, a source told ESPN's uh, Pete Thamel that the Pac-12, or excuse me, the uh, Mountain West is not being um, super flexible. San Diego State wants to explore all their options if the Pac-12 doesn't get a TV deal done by June 30th. The school has been part of the Big 12's realignment exploration. In the uh, the letter, it said San Diego State is exploring all the op- options and asking all the questions. The intention of the June 13 letter wasn't that San Diego State is exiting. 
And so the hope in all of this from San Diego State is, you know, the conference will work with us. They'll give us an extra month. They won't impose the higher exit fee. To which people close to the situation are going, <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. You got June 30th. You can ask to leave. You'll owe $16.5 million. Or if you miss that deadline and you choose to leave next June, you'll owe almost $35 million. Better be worth it. Here's my question. If the Pac-12 does not have a television deal in place by June 30th, and you are San Diego State, do you... Oh, and by the way, they still want the $6 million conference media distribution that is scheduled to happen for this year. They don't want to forfeit that. They still want their $6 million. They want the conference to give them an extra month to try and figure out if they can leave. And they don't have an answer from the Pac-12. So, if you're the president at San Diego State, if you're the board at San Diego State, this goes way above an athletics director's head. Even if you don't officially have an invitation, but the Pac-12 goes, look, as soon as we get the TV deal done... We're going to extend you an invitation. But that's not a guarantee. They can't put that in writing. Can't do that. Because they don't know what their TV contract is going to be, even if they think they have a good idea of what it is. So, if you're San Diego State, do you roll the dice and on June 29th send a letter to the Mountain West and say, we're out, we'll pay the $16.4 million, $16.5 million, or... Are you forced to stay put? I think you roll the dice. Because it is risky, but you don't want to get left behind, do you? I mean, wouldn't you rather risk that and get your chance to move up as opposed to staying behind and when all this movement happens, because it sounds like it's going to happen? I mean, if we're connecting dots that may not be there, at least Colorado is joining the Big 12, so that space has to get filled by somebody in the Pac-12. The Big 12 is adding more than just one. I mean, there's going to be a lot of movement, so you've got to go from one to the other to the other. If you're not available at that time, you think they're going to wait on you, San Diego State, or they're just, they'll go get Boise instead or whoever else that they've mapped out? You don't want to be left behind. I think it's worth the risk. And so the question becomes, what are you actually risking, right? Just money. Well, but, but, but how much? I mean, you're gambling... Six million, right? I mean, the, yeah. the, the six million dollar media rights payment from the Mountain West Conference—that's what you're gambling. You can still play sports as an independent. It gets really hard, and so yeah. I mean, you got to game this whole thing out, right? What's the worst case scenario? We leave the Mountain West, which has been our home. Mm-hmm. The Pac-12 ends up not taking us in. The Big 12 ends up not taking us in, and so we are independent as we try to find a new home. That's the risk. Yeah. Would that happen, though? Would the Mountain West really not welcome you back for a season? I don't know. Just to keep everything intact for one more year? Sports Talk Mississippi with you, streaming at supertalk.fm and supertalk TV. We're back right after this. Sports Talk Mississippi. Sports. Sports. On your radio and in the game. Super Talk Mississippi.
Welcome back. Sports Talk Mississippi in the Pearl River Resort Studios. Pearl River Resort, the home of the Dancing Rabbit Golf Club. Two 18-hole championship golf courses. The Oaks and the Azaleas. And easy for you to play. You can book your tee time online at DancingRabbitGolf.com or give them a call. Just find the phone number on that website, DancingRabbitGolf.com, to uh, schedule your trip today. Ceasefire text line is open, 601-879-4395. Give your business the edge with gigabit fiber internet from Ceasefire Business, backed by world-class IT professionals who live where you do. That's right here in Ceasefire country. We are coming to you today from uh, M-Trade Park. We tell you about M-Trade Park year-round, our good friends here uh, in in Oxford, a world-class athletics facility and a big-time tournament happening this weekend. It's the Mississippi Bombers Summer Southeast Invite. A uh, number of years that uh, this tournament has been coming to Oxford and to M-Trade Park. Brad Freeman runs the show out here and is uh, kind enough to spend uh, a few minutes with us. But we'll talk more about the uh, about M-Trade Park and about this tournament coming up in our uh, next segment. But uh, always enjoy catching up with you. What's up, my man? Oh, not much. How you been? Are, are you staying in shape during the off season? Because before you know it, uh, pre preseason NFL gets started. Yes. They, they expect you guys to be ready when you get there. Yes, you got to. And as you age, it's a little tougher so you gotta stay on top of it what what is the um what, what's the expectation what's the off-season training regimen like for uh for you uh, and your your colleagues you know there's um there's a everybody does a little bit different but um you just want to once the season starts you want to come in in shape because if you got you know your first games down down in florida somewhere you, you better be ready to go um so we all stay on top of it, you know, in different ways, yeah. different different techniques. Is there any kind of like a fitness test when you guys come back before the start of the season? No, there's not. We we do a physical. This uh, is one of these deals where they it's a professional thing, and they expect you to be ready to go. Yeah, you better be ready to go. However, you need to do it. Just just be ready to go. Do, do, all right. So you, you mentioned heat early in the season. You go down to uh, you know go down to Miami, playing outside, sweltering. Tampa's like that, probably some other spots as well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, a lot of dome stadiums where it's not so bad. And then on the flip end of the season, you get the really cold weather. So which would you prefer? you got to call a game where it's you know, 96 degrees with 78% humidity in Tampa in, uh, in the first yeah. week of September, or you're in Green Bay where it's like minus 8. That's right. You, you know, you hopefully get the cold weather games, or the cold weather stadiums, in September, October, sure, and then you know, but it doesn't always work that way. No, it it, it rarely does. It rarely does. It's just something you got to deal with, you know. You like the heat or the cold better? Ah, uh, the cold. Really? Yeah. You'd rather call the cold weather game than the hot game. Yeah, yeah. I can uh, I can stay warm, but it's tough to get get cooled off in that in that heat when it's hot. It's just on you. What is the uh, what's the toughest weather situation? By the way, if you don't know this, Brad is an NFL yeah. official. I, I, maybe I feel like that's self-explanatory at this point. But uh, uh, if you don't know that, that is uh, another of Brad's jobs. So, what's the most difficult environment that you've had for a game that you've called? We had the last um, outdoor game in Minnesota while their stadium was being built. Did they they played at the University of Minnesota's Minnesota. stadium? Yeah. in the interim, and, um, it was like. Minus something at kickoff with a minus something wind chill, and that was those was some tough tough environment that day. I've I've heard I don't know if it was you or maybe your dad that mentioned this 
basically a scuba suit. Is that what you guys will wear underneath yeah. the, uh, the the referee's uniform? Yeah, it's like a ski suit or scuba suit. and um, Just neoprene. Yeah, that's the ticket right there. You'll be, you'll be good to go. You know, your hands and toes, it's another story, but you get that thing on, you'll be all right. Is it the one that's got the feet that, like, it covers your feet, too? You know, some of them have the feet. I, I, don't, I don't know how you'd get your, sho- your I mean, shoes on for yeah. that, but... Mine just went down to my ankles, and we we were off and running. So we were we were talking before you came on college baseball stuff. Guys entering the transfer portal, yeah. uh, assistant coach spots open in some places. Everybody trying to kind of figure out their roster. Take me back to to the time when you played at Mississippi State, and what it would have been like for you and your teammates had the NIL rules been in place. Because you you guys were a popular team. A yeah. successful team, a couple of trips to the College World Series. Yeah. Oh, wow. Um, Bank account would have been better, right? I, absolutely. I would have had a better start to my, you know, my my working life <laughs> back in the day. I mean, when I played when I played at state, like if you wanted to transfer, the way I remember it, where you were sitting out a year, mm-hmm. you know, regardless, and um, you know, there was there was a lot more. Hey, we got to you're here here for four years let's work together let's figure this out you know and now it's something's wrong you, you can be out in another program just like that so yeah. it was a lot more restrictive um when i was at state did did you play right out of the gate your freshman year i did okay. i started at uh second base and then my sophomore year i, I played mostly second some short and then my junior year I played short and center field a little bit, and then I finished my career at shortstop. Yeah. Yeah. Did you prefer being on the infield? Which is kind of what you'd always done. Oh, yeah. That's all I'd ever ever done. Um, I think when I went to center, there was we were dealing with an injury for a couple games, like from 10 games, and then I went back to shortstop. So, yeah, senior year. So, your career is not one being the – a little unique in that you were there for four years. That yeah. that rarely happens with somebody that exactly. gets drafted anymore. But not only that, but you, you played from the get-go. So I don't know that transferring would have been something that, that you would have entertained anyway. Uh, right. Again, on a successful team and, and you're playing. But if you think back about some of your teammates, right, guys that were good yeah, but maybe weren't scratching the roster, you, you would understand, right? Yeah, oh, yeah. I mean, we had uh, our starting catcher um, – my junior and senior year, uh, Barry Patton, I mean, he didn't he didn't play at all. I mean, he had to wait his time. Yeah, and uh, it just seems more rare nowadays. If, if you're not playing, they're going to go somewhere where they are going to play. Yeah. So, uh, visiting with Brad Freeman, he is uh, the director of M Trade Park. Clay Brownlee's guy that we work with on a uh, regular basis. He's here too, just hanging out. Clay never likes to visit with us on the radio, though. I know we may get him the headset here soon, though. At some point, don't you think? Maybe I, the last half segment or something. Yeah, we'll we'll work on that. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm good he's, for uh, whatever. Yeah, he's the man. So we got to get him. We got to get him on. Yeah. Hey, do you ever do you ever jump on any of these? Like, like you get the big, nice yeah. reel mowers. Yeah, the uh, they cut them like a golf course green. Right. With with that, do they um, ever let you? Yeah, I absolutely do. But I have to wait to my to our maintenance staff is gone because they would they would kick me off of it during okay. the day. So if anybody was actually here, you wouldn't be able to do it. No. But then you go. No, we have a uh, an amazing um, turf ground staff, and they know exactly what they're doing. And they they always tell us, "Hey, you office people, stay off of our equipment." So 
Yeah. We adhere to that and... You know, sometimes we'll slip out there. It looks like they take pretty good care of what they've got. Though. Oh, yeah. That stuff's immaculate. It's, it's perfect. Uh, visiting with Brad Freeman. So I, I'm, you you were an SEC official before you were an NFL official. Obviously the goal, you know, if you're a kid growing up, yeah. you may want to play in the SEC, but you want to be in the big leagues. You want to get to the NFL. I'm, I'm assuming same thing if you're an official. You want to get to the highest level. But what about those Saturdays? Uh, in the fall, when you were when you were on campus, as compared to the environments that you're in now in the NFL, which are in a lot of places a little more corporate, a little more sterile. Yeah. No, you um, you know, you, it's uh, if you have a game. Well, I worked several uh, LSU Alabama games back when it was you know one versus two. Yeah. Or six to three or nine to six, and th- those are special nights. You know, having that seven thirty kick. At Death Valley or over in uh, in Tuscaloosa, you know, there's some there's some very special venues in the SEC for sure. Yeah, I, I hate that Hey Dad is not here because he might yeah. be the biggest critic uh, critic of yeah. officials. Uh, he has no tolerance for mistakes. He thinks that there should be a public hanging or like a yeah. guillotine uh, if you guys uh, make a mistake. On a slightly more serious note, though, talk to us about the the scrutiny on officials because there's so much money tied up in television contracts gambling people care and they're watching the nfl so incredibly closely and the fact is you're going to miss calls from from time to time what what's it like operating under that microscope yeah i've heard brian say a couple things you know Mm -hmm. so maybe me and him need to have i go to lunch or something and try to Hey, go to lunch. You might not just go like wrestle over here. You, you just get him to zip I'm not, it. I'm not going to mess with Brian, you know. Um, but we, you know, we when you're when you're official at any level, even these guys out here today working the, the tournament, you know, we work very hard to get it right and uh, care very deeply about about what we do. Yeah, it's hard, isn't it? Yeah. It is. It's, it's, it is. It's, it's not not an easy job. Uh, we will talk a little bit more about M Trade Park with Brad Freeman. We will also talk about this event, the Mississippi Bombers Summer Southeast Invite. Talk a little bit about expansion and growth of this facility. How do they continue to get better and attract more teams and more events? All of that coming up with you. Sports Talk Mississippi, Friday afternoon, Oxford, Mississippi. We are at M Trade Park in the Pearl River Resort Studios. More coming up right after this. Sports Talk Mississippi. Sports. Sports Talk Mississippi. You know I love sports. On Super Talk Mississippi. Back with you on Sports Talk Mississippi on this Friday afternoon at M-Trade Park where the 2023 Mississippi Bombers Summer Southeast Invite is happening Brad Freeman is the uh, director of M-Trade Park and is visiting with us on the radio. So let's talk a little bit about the facility and, and this event in particular. We'll start with the event. This is 
multiple years that it's come here, yep. and uh, a pretty prestigious softball event. Tony Knight does a great job with yep. uh, the Mississippi Bombers and that Bombers organization, which is kind of all over the country. Yeah. It's crazy to see the growth of young women's softball. Oh, yeah, it's great to see. Uh, this is this year's our biggest event with them. Um, we have a hundred. I think it's one hundred twenty-four teams yeah. this year, and uh, you know that that grew last year. We were at a hundred, so every year we've seen a lot of growth. And uh, this year, there's fifteen, you know, different states represented from these teams coming in town, and um, it's great for the park. It's great for the city of Oxford. Uh, it's just a it's a win-win event, definitely. All right. So, what are the, the logistics of pulling something like this off? Because you've got what four quads that are, are playing at the same time? Is that right? Yes, we have 14 fields going. Okay. Um, we started at 8 a.m. yesterday morning, and our last game started at 8:15. And same schedule today, tomorrow, and then the event ends Sunday, probably around five o'clock. Wow. So. Um, you know, not only do you have the fields running, we have the concession stands open, you know, taking care of the umpires and hospitality room. Um, you know, Clay Brownlee, who, who works with us out here, does a great job of, of helping uh, organize all of our part-time workers and, you know, just even the, the janitorial service. It's just a, it's a lot, a lot of moving parts. So you guys made a, a calculated decision a few years ago that you were going to go away from dirt. Yeah. So you, you've got all natural grass outfields, and then all dirt infield, or excuse me, all turf infields, right. which is basically giving you the ability to to play regardless of the weather, with the exception of lightning. Right. That's an expensive decision, but it, is it one that pays off in the long run? Oh yeah, it is absolutely. You know, if we had one field, that's a different thing. Um, when we first built the park, we had fourteen dirt infields and. We had 14 tarps, and pulling 14 tarps, don't ever do that. I don't even know what I was thinking. I don't even, I'm just proud that my staff stayed with us. But having these turf infields, I mean, it can rain two inches in in 10 minutes, and after it stops raining, you're right back out there and playing. Yeah. it's um, It was definitely a front end. You know, the investment on the front end was high, but it's it's paid dividends. There will be, there'll be some weekends where we might only be using two quads and a you know, high school will say, "Hey, we're having a we're having a high school uh, fast pitch event. We got rained out. Can I come to your place?" So we pick up, you know, just some kind of random events like that. Sure. Um, you grew up here. I did too. I mean, you remember playing at, at Hank Aaron yeah. or across from the the library down at uh, you know the bottom of Bramlett Hill, or oh, you know man. behind the activity center or Avent Park, and and they're great memories right. associated with that. But even then, I remember people talking about. You know, if Oxford had a, a sports complex, because that's when these were starting to happen. It took a little while for Oxford to get there, but then once the city decided to, to do it, right. it was, we're not just going to do it, we're going to really do it. Oh, yeah. They went, um, when I was hired, I think it was in 2007, Okay, um, this place was just a cotton field and, and wooded area. And, um, you know, it was... Uh, I know it was much debated with the city leaders and the county how it's all going to work, um, but once they made the decision to go forward with it, um, you know it's been it's been amazing. We have, uh, you know, like I said, back when we played, you had, you know, your brother was playing over here and your sister might be playing over here, and so you had to divide and conquer. But now one of the things that I know the citizens love, I hear all the time, it's so great. My daughter's playing soccer, 
then I just drive across the parking lot, and my son's over here playing baseball. Just to have everything in one place yeah. is definitely special for the uh, for the community and the you know users of the facility. What about in terms of growth? I've noticed some uh, some dirt being moved down just beyond the park. Is that you guys, or is that uh, somebody else? Yeah, that's somebody else. Okay, that's somebody else. We uh, so in terms of capacity, are you as far? Have you grown as much as you can grow, or is there room? We have. Roughly 50 acres on, on the backside of the facility. That's you know it's untouched. It's still wooded, um, so we can grow uh, that way. And we have some some you know some schematics showing we can do four more baseball fields and two more soccer fields with parking and right. Um, you know a lot of the, a lot of the times your infrastructure will take up some space. So we do have uh, plans to grow at some point. But right now you're at a uh, at a pretty good spot, right? <laughs> right now we're very adapted, uh, you know, at at shuffling around a lot of schedules to maximize the capacity of the current fields that we have. So um, we're getting there. We're getting to a point where it's it, you know there may be some expansion in, in the near future. We'll just see how that goes. Last thing. So we're getting close to July. You guys. Yep tend to slow down on the tournament schedule a little bit in July, and then once you get to, what, mid-late mid, mid late August, it just ramps back up with the fall yeah. season? mid-late August. Um, a lot of times, you know, July, everybody's going to the beach or just summertime and with their family. Um, it gives us a time to um, to kind of pay attention to some special projects. Like, we're changing out our field lights on two of our quads, changing them to LED lights. So okay. gives us a little time to catch our breath for the next season. Great stuff. Thanks for your time, as always. Oh, yeah. Brad Freeman, he's the director here at M-Trade Park. We'll take a quick timeout. More coming up with you. Sports Talk Mississippi on the road at M-Trade on this Friday afternoon. can be a part of Sports Talk Mississippi. 888-808-8637 on Super Talk Mississippi. Coaster of emotions in Omaha. TCU jumped out to a one to nothing lead in the fourth inning. Oral Roberts made it two to one in the sixth. TCU tied it up to make it two two. TCU adds three runs in the bottom of the eighth inning to go ahead five to two. Easy, right? Just go get three outs. Hand the ball to your closer. What does Oral Roberts do? They go and they score four runs in the top of the ninth inning, including a three run jack to take a 6-5 lead over TCU in the top of the ninth inning. TCU still batting. I'm sorry, Oral Roberts, ORU, still batting. Oral and, uh, uh, Yes, uh, TCU will have a chance in the bottom of the ninth to uh, try and tie or perhaps walk it off. How about that for the start of the College World Series? The magic. And I'm glad that's not a cavern anymore. Remember the first couple of years there, nobody hit home runs? It still is. I mean, the, the dimensions haven't changed. The, the ball has. ball has. Did I tell you about this on air? Uh, so we, we caught a baby. We went to the minor league game uh, the last Saturday night, James and I. And we didn't catch the ball. But we were given a ball that was hit into the stands. As Ironically, as we were leaving the bathroom, a ball lands right next to us, and a guy catches it and sees the little one and handed it to him. Yep, big fan of that. And I thought, this ball is so light, I can't believe this is a baseball. felt like a feather. 
and I got home and I've got a, a dozen or so minor league baseballs that I caught when I was a kid. The the weight difference is shocking. Really? It's like yeah, and I don't know if it's just like old age or whatever. Balls over time just accumulate weight for whatever reason. But they are the 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 size or the weight difference is so dramatic between the two, and I, I found that funny. It didn't feel like a baseball. It was so light, and it's like. You know, maybe there is something to all the conspiracies about juice in the ball. Because I held two next to each other, one being, you know, 10 years old. Uh, but there there was definitely a difference. It's uh, really good stuff. It's, uh, I, you know, I don't know. I, when they start talking about the balls being wound tighter or wound looser, that means somebody... Like, you would think that that's a uniform way. Like, there's a way to make a baseball. This is how you do it. These are the specs, and there you go. Somebody has to make a decision. Yeah. You know, we're going to do it a little bit different. We're going to wind it a little bit tighter, and that's going to cause it to have a little bit harder core, and therefore it's going to fly through the air a little bit faster. Yeah. You know, it's gonna, somebody has to make that decision and, and say do it, and so, but nobody publicly admits to that. They just talk, well, uh, balls are, you know. No, they're just hitting home runs. All made in the same factory. It's exciting. Did you, I mean, and it's this is different, but it's similar. You saw the, the deal with the Phillies, right? So there's a pitch clock in, in baseball now. We talked about it at length, and then it kind of went away. It stopped being an issue with the exception of the Auburn Regional that Southern Miss played in, ironically. Uh, but everybody seemed to have uh, adjusted. But the Phillies, at home, their their players and their pitchers thought this clock is fast. It does. It, they're like it doesn't make sense because it's a clock, right? All, all the countdowns are the same. All the seconds are the same. But they kept saying to each other, "It's faster here." And as it turns out, they were exactly right. It wasn't a conspiracy. The clock in Philly was faster. Really. It had the same number of seconds, but the seconds moved faster than in other ballparks. And, so what they do? Just like put a, a stopwatch against it? Is it you know? So a reporter caught wind of it and did some research into pitch clock violations in Philly versus other stadiums, and it was staggering the difference. Philly was like on an island by themselves for huh. pitch clock violations, and yeah, they, they started talking to opposing players, and it was like the clock's faster in Philly. Yeah, make it make sense. So, do you know what the name is of the uh, the Oral Roberts hitter that hit the three run home run? No idea. So his Twitter is Blaze underscore Brothers or Brothers underscore Blaze, something like that. And I'm like, okay, the the. So I clicked on it to see what his actual name was. Same thing, Blaze Brothers. And so I was just reading a tweet from. Eric Sorensen, where he didn't put a Twitter tag in there, he just says, nine-hole hitter Blaze Brothers. When you say it that way, it's it, it's not like the Blaze Brothers. It's Blaze Brothers, Blaze Brothers is the name. It's a three-run dinger to cause the celebration. So there you go. Oral Roberts up 6-5 on TCU, headed to the bottom of the ninth inning. And, oh, by the way, what an afternoon for Rory McIlroy who gets it to 8 under par with a 67 today on the heels of shooting 65 yesterday. Listen to the second nine for him. He didn't play great on the front today. He bogeyed 11, he birdied 12, he bogeyed 13, and then he bogeyed 17. He played the back nine 
first. Yeah. So the the second nine was his first nine today. But then on the front, which is where he finished, birdie on one, birdie on three, bogey on four, birdies on five, six, eight, and nine to shoot 30 coming in. And uh, Carter 67, and he is now two shots off the lead at eight under par. So what does that mean? That means Ricky Fowler is on another planet right now. He has gone birdie-birdie on one and two to start his... Second round. That would be so good for the sport. And I, I'm not usually that guy that this team being good is good for the sport. I, I'm I, I'm not that guy. I grow weary of stuff like that. Ricky was was and is so popular. And he's got. I mean, he seems like a nice dude. Also, like a really popular player. Wore the loud clothes. Kind of got away from that a little bit. Uh, That's what all, all of his all of his uh, colleagues on tour are like. He's just the nicest guy yeah, ever. Everybody seems to like him, and it just, for whatever reason, hasn't gotten over this hump. And to have the slump that he had to disappear from the sport Dude, the he way he to, did. He went to, like, 150 in the world. Unbelievable. I mean, could have lost his status if he didn't. Right? Didn't he have, like, a, a good, like, very end to, like, keep his card? So, yeah, anyway, played, got, well, played well at the end of last year, well enough to keep his card, or two years ago, whichever the time was. He called Butch Harmon, and he's like, I'm lost. Yeah. And now he's playing he's out found. of his mind. Real, real quick sidebar, because we were doing names. Uh, a North Texas player just hit the transfer portal. Mm-hmm. Defensive back. Mobility. Real no, thing. Come here, on, here's man. his player no, profile. Oh, no. Here's his player profile right here. Freshman defensive back from Dallas. He hit the transfer portal today. Mobility. M O H ability is now in the transfer portal. You sure that's not Ma? <laughs> I mean, I guess it could be something else, but I'm going with Mo. Mobility is in the portal if you're if you're looking for it. All right, if uh, if that's what you're <laughs> uh, you're looking for, there you go. Uh, Sports Talk Mississippi with you streaming at supertalk.fm and Super Talk TV. Thanks for being with us. Ceasefire text line is open six zero one eight seven nine. Four three nine five. Give your business the edge with Gigabit Fiber Internet from Seaspire Business, backed by world class IT professionals who live where you do. That's right here in Seaspire Country. Sports Talk is brought to you in part by Genteel Apparel. Genteel is the official apparel provider of Sports Talk Mississippi. Got uh, Genteel golf shirt. Got the Genteel shorts on today. So does Borky. Yes, sir. Uh, I'm just telling you, when it's hot, and it's hot today, it's it's kind of one of the first days. Of this late spring, early summer, where you've had, okay, it's hot and the humidity has really set in. It's one of those days where you can get swampy mm. in a hurry, if you know what I'm meaning. Um, the Genteel shorts are the way to go when the weather's like this. They are light. They are comfortable. They are moisture-wicking. They are a performance fabric, and they, they look good. You get the whole package with uh, the Genteel shorts. Genteelapparel.com. Genteel, the official apparel provider of Sports Talk Mississippi. Uh, free shipping on orders of $150 or more if you order through their website. That is at genteelapparel.com and men's specialty stores all across the state of Mississippi and throughout the southeast. So college baseball purists are rightfully so, by the way, annually frustrated about who gets to call the College World Series Eduardo Perez, who does not watch college baseball. Carl, Carl Ravitch, who does not watch college baseball. They get this assignment because of who their employer is. 
Um, that Oral Roberts home run in the top of the ninth to take a lead. Mm-hmm. Again, top of the ninth. Uh, we all make mistakes. I have made plenty. Uh, called it a walk-off. Who's doing the game, Ravitch or Monica? Ravitch. Is he really? Uh, Carl Ravitch called a walk-off home run in the top of the ninth at the College World Series. <sighs> <laughs> God bless him. I mean, it happens to the best of us, I guess. But uh, you're already not exactly super popular with the college baseball fan out there. He doesn't know that. He doesn't know. He doesn't care either because he's making money, I guess. But, uh, yeah, he called He called it a walk-off. Oral Roberts wins in the mm. top of the ninth. Wow. <laughs> Whoops. T- TCU's like, you know, we'd like a chance. TCU, by the way, runner on first with one out. In the uh, in the ninth inning, bottom of the ninth inning, so there is legitimately a chance for a walk off. We'll have to wait and see. More coming up with you, Sports Talk Mississippi in the Pearl River Resort Studios. We're back right after this. On Super Talk Mississippi. Sports Talk Mississippi from M-Trade Park today in Oxford where the Mississippi Bombers Summer Southeast Invite is happening. You can uh, see over our shoulders if you're watching uh, watching on Super Talk TV. you got to get games going on. From, uh, from where we sit, we can see four parks uh, kind of in this back quad. There are 14 fields total. That have got games going on right now. 120 teams from 15 states playing in this Invitational Softball Tournament this weekend. Tony Knight will join us a little bit later in the uh, 4 o'clock hour, and we'll talk more uh, about what goes into putting this together and uh, the growth of uh, young women's softball, uh, not just in Mississippi but across the country. Richard Cross, Michael Borky with you. at Lance in the studio today. Let's continue the countdown of 100 teams in 100 days. Bananas, B-A-N-A-N-A-S, this day is bananas. 100 teams in 100 days. Okay, ready? Three, two, one, go! It's the final countdown! Team number 78 on the countdown of 100 teams in 100 days. The California Golden Bears. You've been there before, haven't you? I have been there. As have I. Justin Wilcox rolling into his seventh season as the head coach of Cal. They have a record of 30-36 and 36 under Justin Wilcox. I'm going to give this guy a little bit of a pass. So we're rolling toward the 2023 season. We know that 2020 
was a bit of a disaster for everybody. So the 2021 football season yeah. following the – no, 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 the 2020 football season because it was March of 2020 when everything kind of went crazy. And we know that it was more difficult at a place like Cal than anywhere. And a lot of carryover from 2020 into 2021 and 2022. But you can only give somebody a break for so long. And so Cal needs to get better this year. They need to be better this year. Because I think Justin Wilcox is a pretty good football coach. That's just a really, really hard Job and a job that's getting harder too, right? I mean, you you mentioned in not that this is the Gallo show, but that there are some local politics in in the way people acted the last couple of years that were working against him, and also as we talk about often, the just the dwindling interest generally in that area of the country in something like college football. And I mean, they had. They weren't involved in the FTX thing, but FTX was a, bought the naming rights to their stadium. Yeah, and they had to get rid of that. So, so money was coming in that no longer can come in, and they've dealt with a lot of, for lack of a better phrase, a lot of crap lately uh, there at Cal. You mentioned we've both been there. So, Ole Miss played um, in what year was that? When they played there, twenty sixteen. Was that September 2016? Sounds right. So seven years ago. Here's what I'll say. Um, Kind of a cool stadium. Not like kind of nondescript. I mean, it's just a big bowl. Uh, It sits on a fault line. There is actually a fault line. It's painted on the field that runs underneath the stadium. They're getting rid of that. Uh, What a tragedy. It was 2017. It, It was September 16th, 2017. Okay. Uh, so 2017, uh, Ole Miss lost that game out there. By they the did. way, played like uh, crap. Pretty good crowd. Uh, pretty good Ole Miss crowd for uh, that much of a, a trip. There are a lot of people that made like a like a wine country trip out of it, or decided to do San Francisco. So that was a fun trip. Yeah, you went a long way to play a football game, but Ole Miss traveled out on Thursday, and so I traveled with the team. And so got to hang out in San Francisco. Thursday night, went to a Giants game Friday night. Uh, because the game didn't kick off until like 8 o'clock local time on the West Coast or 7 o'clock, got all day on Saturday. So I like rented a bike and rode across the Golden Gate Bridge and hung out. I mean, it was, it was you know, it was a good, good trip. Yeah. And Berkeley is like, okay. I just wouldn't want to live there. No. I wouldn't want my kids to go to school there. I wouldn't have wanted to go to school there. I mean, it's they, just... But if, if you just go for a football game where all you're doing is looking for some places to eat, place to grab a drink or two, some sourdough bread which grows or, or is baked better there because of, like, the water or something I, weird, I learned that when I was out there, that... that Sourdough breads and everything there because it's made better there for some dumb reason. So yeah, so you got an SEC team going to Cal this year. Yeah. It's uh, it's Auburn in week two. Here's Cal's schedule for 2023. They open with North Texas on the road. Cal is headed to Apogee Stadium in Denton, Texas. Well, they got a break today because mobility has transferred out. So my uh, my brother lives in Denton. Yeah, maybe maybe he'll go watch North Texas and Cal on September second. Probably not, but maybe. Uh, then you got Auburn out in Berkeley in week two, then Idaho, and then it's 
Pac-12 play the rest of the way. Washington on the road. Arizona State at home. Oregon State at home. Got to go to Utah. They get Southern Cal in Berkeley. That'll be their biggest crowd of the year. Even then, people were telling us, yeah, "Yeah, people show up for the Southern Cal game. Okay. Uh, They go to Oregon. In Washington State at home. And uh, they go to Stanford for the game. And then uh, have to finish it out at UCLA. So listen, the road Pac-12 schedule for Cal this year. They go to Washington. They go to Utah. They go to Oregon. They go to Stanford. And they go to UCLA. Jeez. Uh, I mean, again, for, for a league that is in such turmoil, it's not easy. At least this version of no, it isn't. No, but that's the point that I'm making. So Washington is going to be good. Very good. Oregon good. is going to be good. Utah is going to be good. Yeah. Stanford's not going to be any good. No. And, of course, Southern Cal's going to be good. I mean, you've got four top ten, potential top ten teams out of the Pac-12. That's crazy uh, to wrap your mind around. By the way, uh, who will be leading them? Uh, Samuel Jackson V. As their quarterback? As their quarterback. Okay. And uh, his bio says that he's the son of Sam Jackson the fourth, which I, I think we could have gathered. Uh, but, yeah, Sam yeah, Jackson the fifth. No relation, I'm assuming? No relation, okay. at least as far as I could gather. But former four-star, uh, dual-threat quarterback as well, kind of a small guy. He's 5'11", under 200 pounds, but apparently he is electric in the run game. And so uh, they fired their offensive coordinator last year, and now they've got this former four-star TCU transfer electric dual-threat quarterback coming in, and maybe they got something here. Cal's put some players in the NFL. I mean, this is current Cal players that are in the NFL. Aaron Rodgers has been in the league since 2005. Deshaun Jackson with the Eagles since 2008. Uh, Jared Goff, former uh, Cal Bear as well. I mean, they, they, And look, there are a bunch Lynch. of other names that are on this list as well. Uh, they used to have a, a rich history of winning football. Yeah. It's crazy when you think about it like that, how some programs have been able to sustain. You know, Alabama has had their periods of being bad, but Alabama is relevant in basically every decade. I mean, all these programs, at least around here anyway, but like Nebraska, nothing's changed about Nebraska. They still care more than anybody. I mean, they've got these beautiful facilities and they sell out every home game. But the landscape around them has changed so much. Yeah. And they have not adapted or they've disappeared. Cal's kind of one of those. They've got a history of success, and just lately it's just kind of fallen apart around them. They're doing a home-and-home home with Auburn this year. 25-28 home-and-home with Minnesota. 26-27 home-and-home home with Florida. And then uh, Wyoming. They're not so scared, are they? That's on the uh, future schedule thing. Of course, did the home-and-home uh, home with Ole Miss and won both of those games. As uh, as well, a couple of uh, years ago. So that is the uh, the Cal Bears, who are team number seven eighty eight. Seven? No, we're in the seventies. That's seventy eight. Team number seventy eight on the countdown of one hundred teams in one hundred days. Yeah, it, it certainly is. Twelve, eleven, and one all time in their bowl games. They claim five national championships and fourteen. Conference titles. So that is the Cal Bears, team number 78, on the countdown of 100 teams in 100 days. Let's uh, let's check Oral the Roberts scoreboard. Roberts finished it off. They did it. They did it. TCU 
TCU got a couple of base runners on in the bottom of the ninth inning. I wonder if when they got the third out, Carl Roberts said, and so we go to the tenth. Well, if uh, if Twitter is accurate, he also said Mississippi State won the national championship in 2019. So, uh, rough start for the World Series for uh, for Mr. Ravage. Oh, uh, yeah. First college baseball game he's called of the entire year. Whole year. Probably. First, first, think about that. First college baseball game of the entire year for your lead play-by-play announcer at the College World Series. Make that make sense. Would college football... Hey, Carl, tell me you don't care about college baseball without telling me you don't care about college baseball. We'll be back. Back to Sports Talk Mississippi. On Super Talk Mississippi. For Carl Ravitch on the uh, the old Twitters, no, the old Twitters dot com is uh, not exactly singing his phrases right now. Yeah, college baseball fans are passionate and loyal. I think also. Think about it. Um, so Jim Nance does not call twenty basketball games in the regular season, but he calls a few, and then he. Does he do the Big Ten tournament? I don't know. But but even with a guy like Nance, you can tell he really cares about college basketball. And he works really, really hard to be prepared for yeah. the tournament. It, it feels like he's ingrained in the culture of the sport when he talks about it. All right, so um, Kirk Herbstreet, Chris Fowler, college footballs. Can you imagine? Think about it this way. Can you imagine... That for the entire season, Chris Fowler, Kirk Herbstreet yeah. are the lead college football announcing crew. And then you get to the playoff, and they do a first-round playoff game. And then you get to the national championship game, and you bring in a different crew. With Troy Aikman doing color, who has not yeah. watched a college football you, game you, all year. You, you got Troy Aikman and... I'm still not even sure it's a great example. Because Buck would do well. Because, I mean, Joe Buck's going to do a good job at whatever he does. But but still, the idea of bringing in a your major league crew for college baseball's biggest event is the biggest slap in the face to college baseball and to college baseball fans. Yeah. It, but it's... I need to stop. I, I, I probably... For... I should just yeah. stop. It, it is a disservice it, it, because you can tell that they don't know. And so when you're trying to the, – the College World Series is a lot of people's only college baseball watch. It, uh, for, maybe not by the millions because it doesn't draw by the millions, but there are people that are like, hey, I'll check out the College World Series. Why not? It's on ESPN Championship Games. You just games. had a great this game. Is, you had a great game. And what – 
a casual viewer of something would love is to hear somebody passionate about it. I'm not a, a big Major League Baseball guy. Mm-hmm. I don't watch a lot of Major League Baseball. When I put it on, though, I want to hear things that, that I don't know from somebody that deeply cares about it. You know what I mean? When you put on the College World Series, and it's like, you don't know anything about what you're calling. Like, you know balls and strikes and baseball strategy and stuff. It's not like these guys are morons, but the ability to drop in stuff to a casual viewer that they don't know is such an underrated aspect of broadcasting. It's why your buddy Tom Hart, I like him so much when he calls SEC games because he makes references to the towns and things like that during games. It's like that guy actually... You know, if you if you were not an Ole Miss or a Mississippi State fan, and you were watching a Tom Hart call an Ole Miss or a Mississippi State game, you would learn something about Oxford during the game. You would learn something about Starkville during the game. And I think that's cool. And it, it's not like the most important thing, but it can add so much for a casual fan that's just kind of putting it on for, you know, what the heck, I'm just going to watch baseball. Yeah. Well, hey, did you know that... At Ole Miss, at Swayze Field, that they do this? Or did you know that in Alex Box they do this? Instead, it's the the crap we get. And then Ben McDonald will call a game, and he knows everything about college baseball, and the, and the difference is just unbelievable. I mean, tonight you're going to have Mike Monaco and Ben McDonald and Chris Burke on the game for Florida, Virginia. Yeah. And it'll be great. Yes, it will. Um, interesting story that has come out this afternoon. Story at ESPN. I, I don't know if this is a Friday news dump story, because it is certainly a big story. This from Indianapolis. An NCAA panel is calling for the removal of marijuana from the organization's list of banned drugs, suggesting that testing should be limited to performance-enhancing substances. All right, so the NCAA, or an NCAA panel is suggesting that schools and the NCAA should stop testing for marijuana use. The proposal released this afternoon from the Committee on Competitive Safeguards and Medical Aspects of Sports would be a huge change for the NCAA, which has been conducting random drug tests at championship events since 1986. Committee members recommended halting cannabis tests at events until a final decision is made, likely later this fall. Legislation still would have to be introduced and approved by all three NCAA divisions, Division 1, 2, and 3. And it was Division 2 and Division 3 administrators who asked the committee to study the issue. Uh, Obviously, more and more states are allowing medical marijuana to be used or legalizing marijuana from a recreational standpoint. The committee noted that last December the marijuana and its byproduct uh, that last noted last December that marijuana and its byproducts are not considered performance enhancing substances. No kidding. No kidding. <laughs> Weed is not a performance enhancing drug. Imagine that. Who who would have guessed? If anything, it might decrease performance. It recommends that uh, schools. Recommended schools that test to use the results to help them find problematic cannabis use. The committee wants to provide schools with additional guidelines about cannabis as well. So there's, they're, they're not telling schools to stop testing. 
They're just saying you don't have to suspend kids for this. At NCAA championship events, they're going to stop testing for the use of weed. And they are encouraging schools to use their testing not to keep kids out of games, but to make sure that guys aren't smoking too much weed. Which, you know, it's probably an important thing to to keep from them. Um, When you read this story to me, my my first thought was when they said they're only going to focus on performance-enhancing drugs. There's a lot of other things that college kids get their hands on that are not performance-enhancing drugs that people need to know about if they can help it. Sure. Uh, I mean, uh, there's a lot of varying opinions on marijuana. Uh, Monday at 6, that guy has a different opinion on marijuana than I do. And I'm not not even a user. I never have been. It's not my thing. But to me, from my perspective, alcohol is... Does worse things to people than marijuana when they're on it, and you could dis- it doesn't matter. There's a discourse around that, but I'll give you an example. When when I was in high school, and, and I cracked my C6 vertebrae in my neck, I'm a 16 year old kid, and they gave me a prescription for hydrocodone, and just here's a bottle of it, an addictive substance that can be abused, right? But it's not even just that. It's it's study drugs. I mean, you walk into any fraternity house, you can get. Any kind of Adderall or Ritalin or whatever the, whatever they have now, uh, probably get your hands on some cocaine if you want it. I mean, th- there are so many things that people can get their hands on that can ultimately lead to they could kill them or they could get addicted to it and things like that. And, and if they're only going to police performance enhancers, I think they're doing a disservice to the players. What happens if a guy blows out his knee? And they give him some pain meds. And then he gets hooked on them. Don't you want to know if your players are possibly abusing things like controlled substances or, or drugs like cocaine or whatever? Don't, yeah, don't you it, still want to test for that and know that that's happening? Is that showing up and what they're testing for right now? If it's not, it should. Yeah. If they're not testing for those kind of things, they should. Because that goes far beyond the, the ability to play. If Oh, I don't want to test them for... for this drug because he can't play on Saturday, then then that's the wrong thing, too. Yeah. Well, and, and I don't know that the NCAA um, is necessarily saying nothing gets tested for. I think they're just looking at it at marijuana in particular. Yeah. I, I, Based on what we see in uh, in this story right now. So we'll see where that goes. I mean... There are a lot of college students that would rejoice at that news. Yeah. I mean, the NBA got rid of it, too, and it seems like it's going fine for them. But, uh, yeah, yeah, you know, if like the Laramie Tunsil thing, that draft night deal, if you think that Mm. – that's what tripped me out so bad about that, and I I can't believe I used that word. I'm talking like I'm a stoner now, Um, was the, the people that pretended that that should cost him draft status, as if the entire league is not also participating in that very thing. Yeah. You know? I mean, it scared the Giants away from him, and they drafted Eli Apple. Well, Laramie Tunsil's what, the highest-paid offensive tackle in the NFL? Uh, I mean, one of the most dependable offensive linemen in football, and Eli Apple's on his fourth team? Yeah. 
Sports Talk Mississippi with you. Streaming at supertalk.fm, Supertalk TV. Oral Roberts with a win in game one of the College World Series over TCU. So TCU to the elimination uh, game that will happen on Sunday. Coming up tonight, Florida and Virginia. Tony Knight will join us coming up next. Sports Talk Mississippi. Sports in Mississippi. You'll hear about it here. Here. Sports Talk Mississippi. You like this show, huh? Yeah! Super Talk Mississippi. Talk.fm and Super Talk TV coming to you live today from M Trade Park in Oxford. Pretty big softball event happening here. It's the 2023 Mississippi Bombers Summer Southeast Invite. One of the biggest, most prestigious softball tournaments in the country. 124 teams. I think that's what Brad Freeman told us earlier. From 15 different states. College softball coaches here recruiting all weekend. Long Tony Knight joins us right now. He runs Mississippi Bombers. And uh, this is this is your baby this weekend. Uh, pretty big baby. It's my baby, yeah. We've been working on this tournament for a long time, and it's grown and grown uh, ever since. We started about 10 years in Tupelo, 10 years ago in Tupelo with uh, 36 teams. Okay. And uh, Why has it grown? Well, one, softball's grown. Uh, softball's a popular sport. Uh, you know, the, 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 the kids are getting after it. The, the south, our area, is starting to catch up with states like California and Texas and Georgia, who's been a little ahead of us in the past, and... Uh, and it's just picking up here. Our talent's getting better. Our numbers are getting better. And when that happens, your tournaments are going to get bigger. You know, it's it's last uh, a week ago today. I was in Greenville. Steve Azar had a, a charity golf tournament, yeah. and uh, we ate at Doe's on Thursday night. And Robert Bird, who's a colleague of mine, he's our sales director. While we were sitting at the table, he had his phone up, propped up against the salt shaker. Watching Florida State, Oklahoma in the Women's College World Series. Like, what are you doing, man? He's like, I love this stuff. It's fast. He said, if I was not here, I would have gone to Oklahoma City this year. And it's, I don't think he's unique in right, that. Right, right. No, he's not. It's, it's a, it's a faster sport. It's, uh, it's a little bit easier to watch sometimes in baseball. I'm a baseball guy. I, blew, I grew up playing baseball. Yeah. Uh, then I had three daughters, and I said, I need to figure this fast pitch softball stuff out. If we're going to play a stick and ball game, this is the one we're going to have to play. And, you know, the bases are 60 feet. They're not 90. You're pitching from 43 feet, not 60 feet, 6 inches. Mm-hmm. So it, it speeds the game up a lot and uh, j- makes it easier to watch. And, and the bunt game and stuff is more involved, too. Yeah. So. All right, so there are softball tournaments that happen all over Mississippi. Mm-hmm. Why is this one different? Well, one, it's it's the first weekend that Division One and Division Two college coaches can recruit. Okay. Uh, there's a dead period during the Women's College World Series that they can't get out and recruit. And these are more t- showcase-type teams. We call them gold or A-class level teams. So this, this is elite young women's softball. This is elite. This is the top of the top. And, okay. and most of these teams have to travel to play light competition. Before this weekend, like my team in particular, we, we played in South Haven. We played in Tupelo because there's no recruiting piece to those tournaments. We're okay. just getting ready. And so so what does the rest of your schedule look like? Well, we're going to have uh, 
a half a week off, and then we're going to jump on a plane and fly to Colorado. We're going to play in the Triple Crown Sparkler out in out in Denver, Colorado. And then when we come back, we've got uh, we've got a national tournament. It's called USA Elite Select in Kansas City, Missouri. And I just found out this is kind of a big deal, but I just found out about two hours ago we got an at-large bid to play in the Alliance Nationals in uh, Southern California. So oh wow, we're going to work on that. So when you, I mean, that, that, there's a lot that it's involved there, right? And and we know parents, whether it's baseball or softball or soccer, uh, people have kind of become used to travel sports. Right. This feels like it's kind of a different level of that. Yeah, I mean, it's, because you think travel ball, and you're like, oh, okay, my state. My region. Right. You're talking about playing all over the country. That's right. a different deal. You, you ha- and you have to. I mean, it's th- these kids. I mean, they're they're high level kids. They're, they're super athletic, and they have to go where the where the coaches are going to be. Yeah. And that's the big ponds. I mean, coaches aren't going to watch a 12 team tournament where they where they're going to see three kids. They're going to go to the big tournaments where they can walk around and see a multitude of kids to maximize their time and the money they spend out of their budget. Yeah. Three different age groups playing here, 14U, 16U, 18U. Do, do you see the the biggest pool of players in that younger group now as, as it's continuing to grow? How does yeah. it work? Well, our 16U age group this in this tournament, our 16U age group was the largest. Okay. Um, it was probably two-thirds of everybody that's here. Wow. 14U has grown a lot, so it's, it's still... It's still feeding into it. Now, your coaches aren't really looking at 14U kids, but what you're doing, you're trying to get them prepped and be in this type of environment and atmosphere so that when they get to 16 and those coaches are behind the fence, they've kind of been there already. Yeah. And uh, I know it was last year, what, we had 85 different college coaches that uh, that showed up, and, and they're coming from all over the country or certainly all over this part of the country to take advantage of kind of what you were talking about, such a large talent pool in one place. Right, right. The southeastern footprint is where most of them are coming from. Right. Um, I think we, we, we try to keep up with it. Like, we're not going around and writing down everybody, but... But we, we've had about 70 to 75 walk through the facility since Wednesday night. We started a camp game on Wednesday night that the college coaches run. They run that camp game. Mm-hmm. And that kind of gets them here and gets them going. But we, we've we had over 70, and we've still got two days to go. Can, can this event grow more? I mean, you, you talked about going from 30 to 124 teams that are here. Are, are you kind of at maximum capacity? We're only limited. I mean, I heard Brad on earlier. We're yeah. only limited by the facility itself. Sure. Um, and and we brought in an extra field this year. Uh, Oxford High School was great to us. They've got a new facility over there. Sure. They let us use their field on Thursday just because we couldn't stick them all here. Yeah. But but yeah, if I can talk Brad into uh, just just keep building it, right? Getting some more fields, we can we can add some more teams. Quickly as we wrap up, you travel all over the place in terms of how this facility, M Trade Park, compares to some of the other things around the country. Oh man, it's it's phenomenal, and and Brad and Clay do such a great job. The the what makes this unique is it's all in one place. You don't have to get in your car and drive somewhere else to watch somebody play. And a lot of the tournaments will put you at a eight team complex. Yeah. Can you feel it? Can you hear it? Sports Talk Mississippi. Yeah. Yeah. On Super Talk Mississippi. The next thing is. Here we go, 5 o'clock hour. Welcome to the weekend. Sports Talk Mississippi with you, streaming at supertalk.fm and Supertalk TV. Richard Cross, Michael Borky, we're coming to you as always from the Pearl River Resort Studios. Pearl River Resort is the home 
of the Sportsbook at the Golden Moon Casino. Learn more about them online at Pearl River Resort. Dot com. Love to hear from you on the ceasefire text line, 601-879-4395. Give your business the edge with gigabit fiber internet at uh, from ceasefire. It's backed by IT professionals who live where you do. That's right here in ceasefire country. Check them out online, ceasefire.com slash business. Five o'clock hour. Remind you that we are coming to you from M Trade Park in Oxford, which is hosting the Mississippi Bombers Southeast Invite Softball Tournament. One hundred twenty teams, fifteen states, fourteen fields where we got action going on right now, all over this beautiful complex. It is time right now for the college football fix. It really is a better song. It is. And now we're going to have that song when the camera pans out and you see historic Ryan Field with 17,000 people in it as the Rutgers Scarlet Knights take the field to play Northwestern. Stop being bitter. That's a shame. Progress. progress The new one better be good. College Football Fix is driven by Ford and your local Mississippi Ford dealers. Log on to BuyFordNow.com and find out why the best-selling trucks are built Ford Tough. You can test drive one at your local Mississippi Ford dealer today. Here's something you might be able to get behind. For the first time in 65 years, Oklahoma and Oklahoma State will play football in different conferences in 2024. We talked earlier this week with the uh, the schedule reveal for 2024 about how it finally feels real for Texas and for OU. The Sooners and the Cowboys will bid farewell to Bedlam. And that's that's a bummer, right? Because that's kind of one of the cool rivalries in college sports. It's a series that dates to 1904, three years before the state of Oklahoma was admitted to the Union. However, now, why are they doing that? Though? However, however, according to Joe Castiglione, the athletics director at the University of Oklahoma, the door might not be closed on a bedlam renaissance, at least in football. He said, I've had really good conversations with Oklahoma State athletic director Chad Weiberg about it, and we're going to play each other in a variety of sports going forward. We don't have those dates yet on our schedule, but we've been talking about those. I think in the end... That'll end up happening. He noted that the Cowboys may be hamstrung by their nine-game Big 12 conference schedule. Cowboys, Oklahoma State. I'll just offer this, too. That's part of the reason we're not able to find an opportunity to play Oklahoma State right now. They have a scheduling matrix that has been built on nine games, and they have contracts in place. Notable future non-conference opponent for the Sooners for Oklahoma Include Tulane, Michigan, Nebraska, notable opponents for Oklahoma State moving forward, Arizona State, Arkansas, and Oregon. Now, Bedlam, frankly, has not been very kind to Oklahoma State. Through the years, Oklahoma has won 91 games. Oklahoma State has won 19 They've that tied, even a rivalry. They, they've tied seven times. There is that debate that people have. Where do you stand on that? Can it be a rivalry if it's one-sided? If one side dominates the other, like really dominates the other, is it a true, quote-unquote, 
rivalry. If it's in state, yes. If it's in state, I, I like yeah. Ohio State Michigan couldn't be a rivalry if Ohio State had won seventy percent of the games all time. Ole Miss LSU can't be a rivalry if Ole Miss never beats LSU. Right. LSU holds the all-time advantage. but And, and they will argue that it's not one. They're wrong, but they will. Well, younger LSU. I mean, look, their, their game with Alabama has become incredibly significant. Yeah. But older LSU fans don't, like, try to pretend it's... Look, LSU beat Ole Miss two years ago, or two trips ago to Baton Rouge and stormed the field. All right? It's not... You, you don't go on the field if it's not a rival. Yeah. You just don't. Nope. You do not. If, if you look down your nose and you think that Ole Miss is an inferior program and they're not anywhere close to where you are as a program, you don't run on the field and cost your school a quarter of a million dollars after beating that team just because they happen to be ranked at the time. You, you just don't do it. So, but, but, but whatever. I mean, rivalry, not a rivalry. But I think if you're in-state... It doesn't matter, even if it's lopsided. Yeah. Okay. You know, Iowa, Iowa State, regardless of the record, is always going to be a rivalry. Like Colorado, Colorado State is another one. Uh, yes. Although that series probably a little more even than, than we realize. I mean, here would be one. Pittsburgh, Penn State. They don't play each other every year. You know, Pittsburgh's rival is West Virginia, the backyard brawl. Mm-hmm. But Pittsburgh, Penn State, Penn State would probably be like, ah, not a rival. They're, they're not. But but you're in the same state, and so it's it's a rivalry. Um, so I don't know. I mean, your question: Why are they not doing it? I mean, part of it's hurt feelings, also, right? Why didn't Texas and Texas A and M keep playing when Texas A and M left the SEC? Colorado has won seventy five percent of the games against Colorado State. Okay, well there you go. Um, Including oh gosh, I, I, they got off to an early start, but they've won uh, five in a row and six of eight. You want know, to keep going on? Yeah, they kind of own it. Colorado State's been bad for a while. They have, and it feels weird. They used to they, be good under Sonny Lubick. Yeah. Um. But and McElwain was there, right? No, he came from Central Michigan. Who went? Who was at Colorado State? It was uh, Mike Bobo. That's who it was. Yeah, that did not go well. That did not go well. Uh, not uh, not the all. same. But at least with Bedlam, that's a fun game. And you brought it up, and you're right. The domination of one side makes it feel like it's not big. But when you watch the game, it's insane. But doesn't it also matter when you're in a in a two university state? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, Oklahoma, but, Oklahoma State, Iowa, Iowa State, Kansas, Kansas State, Ole Miss, Mississippi State, Alabama, Auburn. I mean, Tennessee, Vandy, to to a certain degree. Right. You you talk about Texas. I mean, obviously, Texas, Texas A and M is the rivalry. But how many Division One schools in Power Five conferences are there in Texas? A bunch. Yeah, a lot. I mean, you got Florida, Florida State, Florida State, Miami, Miami. But yeah, at least they're the tone around that is. We'll figure it out. Like there's logistics, but it's you don't have one side acting like A and M where it was like we left, so we didn't. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you don't have that tone. Well, we got asked on the text line, by the way, the LSU Ole Miss discrepancy sixty forty. It's uh, it's sixty five forty one with four ties. So LSU has won sixty percent. Ole Miss has won thirty nine point one percent. Very much is allowed to be called a rivalry based on 
the discrepancy. Yeah. And LSU's had the upper hand in the last, what, 20 years? For sure. A lot of, a lot of purple there. Yeah. So since 2008, Ole Miss has won five times. Hmm. So the, uh, LSU's won 67% in the last 15 years. Yeah. Okay. Still, It still certainly counts. Yeah. Uh, you can join us on the C Spire text line at 601-879-4395. Uh, 601-879-4395. Give your business the edge with gigabit fiber internet from... I'm sorry, I got stuck on a text message. Um, gigabit Fiber Internet from Ceasefire Business. That's someone that didn't necessarily like the, the subject matter that we were talking about with regard to the NCAA uh, and them suggesting that um, maybe testing for marijuana is not going to happen uh, and said that Appreciates the show, listens regularly, um, but that us using the names of illicit drugs on the radio left you as a parent of teenagers with your kids asking why they're talking about that on the radio. I, I mean, if we were talking about, the texter goes on to say, you know, I've got a 16-year-old and a 14-year-old, and they're wanting to know why this is getting brought up on the radio. I... Mm. Well, that's my bad, for one. It, well, no, I, I use the, the words multiple times. Yeah, but, but uh, I, I guess what I would say is I, I, I think your kids are at an age where they're hearing those words and probably know more about the topic than any of us as parents would like to admit. If you're talking about 5-year-old and 7-year-old, I'm with you. And I get it. It's a, it was a pretty relevant story, though, in the world of sports um, that just drops on a Friday afternoon as it pertains to uh, to drug testing with uh, with athletes. Maybe, and and I'm not trying to trying to. I mean, you you parent your kids the way you believe. Maybe there's an opportunity there for uh, for you to have an uncomfortable conversation, but perhaps one that's got to have. So, thanks a lot. I can't believe what I'm hearing. This is Sports Talk Mississippi, right here on Super Talk Mississippi. Welcome back. Sports Talk Mississippi streaming at supertalk.fm and supertalk TV. Thanks for being with us. Dark skies, lights on, but softball happening at M-Trade Park in Oxford, Mississippi. Great to uh, be with you alongside Michael Borky. Richard Cross, Scary Gary's with us today, making it all happen. Had to make an audible on our location at the last minute. Turns out weather has been spectacular this afternoon. It's like one of those things where if you wash your car, it's going to rain. So if you set up in one spot and then you don't move to a spot where you're protected, 
you would have got it would have rained if we hadn't moved but since we did move it didn't so uh, whatever it's uh, it's good all the way around and uh, kind of a cool backdrop behind us with the softballs going uh, games going on throughout the course of the day it is 20 minutes after five on a friday afternoon and that means one and only one thing and that one thing is it is time for a food friday food friday is presented by polks polksmeat.com know the folks uh, all the folks at uh, Polks had a huge time last weekend in Hattiesburg with the super regional going they had the Polks dogs at the uh, at the ballpark had a uh, lot of people grilling out at Spirit Park in and around from a, a tailgating standpoint Polks is a Mississippi company family company started and staying here in Mississippi the bottom line is they have great food. Whether you're looking for uh, Cajun smoked sausage, original smoked sausage, garlic and green onion, you're looking for the Polk's dogs, all of it, it's great. It's great. You're going to love it. I'll tell you one thing, and I haven't had this in a while, Borky, but it is so good. The ham that they make that is the perfect size for biscuits on Saturday mornings. It's almost like ham slider cuts, and uh, you can go. That sounds so good. You can go skillet to biscuit, and it's uh, it's perfect. So there, um, there you go. Sports Talk Mississippi with you streaming at supertalk.fm. So a food Friday. What are we cooking this weekend? What are you cooking this weekend? You can send us a picture if you've already got the grill going. Tom sent us a picture. I don't know if he's cooking that though. I just uh, I hope that uh, his that house hailed? is okay. That that is a, a a piece of. I mean, they're playing softball out here. They could use that. Uh, bless you, Tom. I hope everything's okay there. That is a massive piece of hail that Tom is uh, is holding right now. Don't think he's going to eat that though. That's nearly softball size hail that Tom's got in his hand. So, Porky, for you, what is going on the grill this weekend? What's what's the menu for the weekend? So, not not a grill, but little guy and I for Father's Day. I learned a few weeks ago that he loves crawfish. Okay. And I don't. Are they out of season? I don't. I don't see the flags anymore. So I'm assuming they're out of season. We're, we're trending. But what I'm going to do is is take, might have a few hanging on at the end. Yeah, but I've got a, a ten gallon pot. I think it's ten gallon. Maybe it's five gallon pot, but a big pot. Okay. And I know he loves the flavors of it, and he likes the sausage, and he likes the mushrooms and the onions, right? Yeah. So I'm just going to do a crawfish boil, but with shrimp. Already got some shrimp. Low country boil, basically. Yeah. Same thing, but I'm using the Louisiana stuff. I'm not using the, the low country stuff. Okay. And, and that's what we're going to do on Sunday. Shrimp, uh, redskin potatoes, mushrooms, onion, you know, lemon, and just do it. Instead of in a big boiler out back for just the two of us, and, you know, he's... 40 pounds or whatever, so I don't need that much space. Yeah. Just That's what we're going to do. So, uh, obviously, Polk's uh, Cajun Sausage already have that as well. Are you um, going to peel the shrimp for him, or are you going to make him peel them? Oh, I'm going to peel them for him. Okay. Because I, I think he would just end up trying to eat the shells, and I don't know if that'd be... Yeah, it's probably not a good plan. you got to uh, you got to do that for him. Uh, I didn't tell you this. So, I, I, I mean, look, if you're listening, you might roll your eyes when I say this. For whatever reason... I did not until recently own a vertical chicken stand. And I'm sure it can be called a lot of other things. I mean, it's like the you know the beer can chicken yeah. or whatever. I didn't do a beer can. I just got one of the, the metal stands that you put the mm-hmm. chicken on and you cook it vertically. I don't know why I've never bought one before. I don't know why I haven't had one. But I was at, uh, at Shaw's Ace Hardware here in Oxford, kind of looking around in the grilling session, and I said, I need that. And so I got one. And I went and bought a chicken, 
and loaded it down with some seasoning. By the way, um, last weekend when I was in uh, in Greenville, got some uh, some Sharon seasoning and uh, yeah. and sauce as Ooh. well. And is that, uh, Zane, I think that's right. Hold on, I've, I've got his card. I want to make sure I don't miss his mess the name up. Um, I, I'm ready to try that though on the uh, the next chicken that uh, that I do. Uh, so so pretty fired up about uh, some new seasoning. Uh, but yeah, I did it. And it was easy. It was like super easy. It just took longer to cook than I thought it was going to. So how long? Eh, over an hour. Oh, that's about right. I think, yeah. depending on the heat you use anyway. Yeah, the, the grill had gotten a little cooler than I wanted it to uh, be at that what point. What do you use? Are, are you uh, a Traeger guy now? No, nah, egg guy. Okay. Yeah. No, nah, okay. I've not done the uh, Traeger. I've got the uh, I got the flat top grill, and I've got two green eggs. I, I've looked at Traegers just kind of, for some reason, I'm going to be that guy that's like, ah, that's cheap. Just using an app on your phone to set the temperature and never going outside to manage a fire when you're smoking something kind of feels cheap to me. I, I know that it's probably convenient and fun and, and you get perfect cooks every time, but I do like having to sit by the smoker and like uh, you know adjusting the valves and all that, feeling like I'm accomplishing something while I'm really just sitting on my butt and having a beer. You know? Yeah, no, I get that. I, I do. Um, I just, for whatever reason, I haven't become a Traeger guy. I've got a buddy that just got one. He did some ribs on them for uh, Memorial Day, said they were great. So, uh, you know, there you go. Let's see what you're doing. Tim and McGee, Borky eating shrooms, make you hallucinate. Just messing with you. That's from Tim uh, and McGee. Uh, Here you go. Borky, you can buy the frozen crawfish tails in most grocery stores. Let them thaw and only boil them for a minute or two right there at the very end. It's a good idea because I know he he likes the crawfish. So if I can find it, I might as well go with that because I know he likes it. Uh, Borky, not to one-up you, I ordered $100 worth of live blue crab. Go ahead with your low country boil wow. there. Uh, Joel Green, the big Father's Day weekend. Tonight, starting off with venison egg rolls for appetizers. Fried quail is the main course. Tomorrow night, ribeyes. Sunday evening, wings on the grill. So he's already gotten into the egg rolls. They look good. Joel, happy Father's Day. There you go. Zane. Yes, Zane Alford. I couldn't remember Zane's last name. Zane Alford. Uh, got the Sharon sauce. And the uh, the seasoning, which is kind of a seasonal, you can use it on everything. I am uh, looking forward to uh, trying those out. Uh, drunk chicken can stand is how somebody described it, which I guess is a uh, you know I, I called it a vertical chicken smoker. So so you Whatever. don't like putting the beer can in it? I mean, it's just for moisture. Yeah, right? no, I, I, it just doesn't fit in the stand that ah, I got. Okay. Um, but. Like, tenderness and juiciness was not an issue. Uh, Boudin stuffed jalapenos wrapped in bacon and smoked while the steaks marinate, then grilled ribeyes and twice-baked potatoes and smoked baked beans. That sounds great. I haven't had boudin in a long time. I need to change that. Yeah. A little Ritz cracker and some Tabasco on it. How about this? As a diabetic, I grill polks. Two packs each weekend, and then use them as snacks throughout the week. Nice, a little food prep. Yeah, I like it. I like it uh, very much. Speaking of meals, I had a good one last night. So we have um, some loyal listeners. I was informed last night that uh, they do not eat dinner until right after 6 o'clock because the show Love doesn't that. end, but that there is a there is a cocktail hour that happens between 5 and 6. 
and uh, got to celebrate with uh, these dear friends last night. 50th wedding anniversary. Wow. And you, their, their kids, uh, their son and their daughter, uh, invited a um, small group to, uh, to a dinner last night. We had um, garlic fries with an aioli sauce for appetizers and then um, raw oysters and um, what are the other kind of oysters? Char-grilled. Char-grilled oysters, sorry. Uh, and then uh, a salad course... And then a couple of crab cakes that came out on a big hash brown. Oh, man. And then filet and asparagus and potatoes. And then um, big anniversary cake that came out to oh, uh, close it out. It was a, a fantastic night. Um, happy anniversary to uh, to my fa- friends Dennis and Beth. It was great celebrating with you last night. And what a meal. That was that was a food Thursday. Kind of rolling into the uh, weekend. It was, I would have uh, slept so well after that. I, I did. I, uh, like I ab- a baby. I absolutely did. So it was a, oh, look at this picture that Kevin sent us. He's got pork sausage on top of ribs. And I mean, how many was that? One, two, three, four, at least five racks of ribs. There you go. Uh, Borky Dwayne says that Mudbugs in Flowood is still, uh, still selling crawfish. Also, he's got salmon on the plank. To go along with some corn and some black-eyed peas and some cornbread. Uh, somebody said we got to brine the chickens first. That's right. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. Somebody said having a couple of uh, cheddar jalapeno barbecue sandwiches and a couple of yinglings. That's living right. Can't be mad at you for that. We're going to get Lance's uh, Food Friday submission on the other side of this break as well. Sports Talk Mississippi. Food Friday brought to you by Polks. Polksmeat.com. Remember, no buts about it, folks. Picky people pick Polks. Sports Talk Mississippi, on your radio and in the game. Sports Talk Mississippi. Just a little while left with you on this Friday afternoon, trending toward Friday evening. Hope you got big plans or at least fun plans for the weekend. They could be low-key plans rolling into uh, to Father's Day weekend. Always, uh, usually a fun time you for some uh, good sports options. Well, I really only two sports options: the U.S. Open and the, and the College Open. World Series. Yeah. yeah, that's that's not bad. That's good. Lance, can you make it through a weekend when you've got the U.S. Open in the College World Series? Well, I can handle that. You know, it's, that's about as good as it gets. Uh, you know, the, the you get a little baseball in, then you can nap through a few holes on the U.S. Open, wake up and see what's going on, and it's always a barn burner. I like it. And you can nap on a West Coast major and not miss anything. You can take your 1 o'clock nap and wake up and the leaders are just teeing off. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. Well, as I've said over and over, I love that when I go home, when we get finished with this and I go to the house and flip the television on, I've got golf on for three more hours. Dude, I will be able to get home if they they get the power back in time and still watch a a little bit of golf. Uh, 
All right, Borky. So uh, Lance, kind of an outdoors guy. You you weren't with us the first time he filled in. It was it was Hey Dad and me. And Lance, I mean, you know, there's kind of easing into Food Friday. He just went like full on belly flop off the high dive into the deep end with his very first Food Friday. So we got to find out, Lance, what's going on the grill for you this weekend uh, as we do a little bit of an extended Food Friday presented by Polks. Well, in celebratory of the College World Series getting kicking, you know, it's. I kind of thought about steaks. I'm going to Pittsburgh sear, you know, maybe even reverse sear it. I got some new rub to put on it. Going to try that. Going to run okay. by Kroger, get a couple of, uh, you know, couple of uh, clusters of the steamed crab. Guy over there, Kyle, is awesome. He treats me well and does a great job. Okay. Some jalapenos stuffed with some bacon wrap and a salad. You know, you're going to kick it off right and hopefully get to, you know, watch a little ball with Dad on Sunday. But we did have a tree split our cabin this morning up in this mm. So I got a little work to do coming next week, too. So I'm going to eat no. good. You're going to eat good. No. So yeah, a tree came down on the roof of the cabin? Yeah, it was uh, split it. I mean, uh, you know, a cabin we built back in 1980 is about eight feet off the ground. And uh, 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 probably a 50 or 60-year-old sweet gum just went whoop, sliced right through it. So uh, got to get up there and check that out. Ought to be a lot of fun. Ugh. I'm sorry to hear that, man. I, my my guess is, yeah, my guess is you're not the only one, though. Um, I, I mean, Borky was telling me about it as well, that storm that came through that uh, kind of central part of the state, what, about 4.30, 5.30 this morning? Yeah. and was that, pretty serious. <laughs> and that was after a couple nights ago when, when it was really bad. I mean, and it's crazy. They said it wasn't a tornado, but my neighborhood, you know, trees were down and stuff. Big trees and, and all that, but then you you would leave my neighborhood and drive a couple miles down the road, and it looked like a war zone. I, I mean, fallen trees everywhere. It that apparently it was not a tornado, but it was straight line winds enough that I mean, it was kind of terrorizing. So I was talking to Scary Gary earlier, and he's like. Man, I don't have a tree in my backyard. And I walked out this morning. It looked like I had a tree in the backyard. It was all down. <laughs> I don't know if it was a good Gary or not, but uh, he said he just picked up all the limbs and threw them over his fence back into the neighbor's yard from which they had come. <laughs> Let them clean them up from there. And so I was like, good for you, Gary. Good for you. Yeah, Greg says he has no power still. I'm I'm officially past the 12-hour mark of not having power as well. These mm. these two, I mean, it was, we lost some the first day, but they restored it pretty quickly. And, and I guess the, the essentially back-to-back days of just trees falling everywhere have made it an impossibility to get power back up, you yeah. know, in a timely uh, timely manner. It's, um... Tells you that the uh, damage is probably pretty widespread. Oh, you can imagine. Yeah. Uh, U.S. Open leaderboard update. Ricky Fowler in the lead by two. He is 11 under for the tournament, three under on his round. He finally made a bogey. Listen to his scorecard for Ricky Fowler so far today. He birdied one, par five. Birdied two, par four. Birdied three, par four. Bogeyed the par three fourth. Made a par on five. Comes back with a birdie on six. So three under for the round. 11 under for the championship. That is currently two shots clear of Wyndham Clark, who's gone 64-67 in his first two rounds. He's nine under par. Rory McIlroy, 65 yesterday, follows it up with a 67 today. 
Uh, Xander Shoffley at eight under par. He is on the golf course right now, even through five holes after shooting 62 yesterday. Harris English went low today, 67 yesterday, 66 today. He is seven under. Uh, DJ playing well, 64 yesterday, fired an even par 70 today, 6 under. That's five shots off the lead. And then Minwoo Lee on, uh, he's in the clubhouse as well after shooting a um, 5 under 65 today. It's so only it's a, two days, but that is a leaderboard. Yeah, it is. It So it's a par 70 yeah. with three par 5s and five par 3s, which is a little... A little unique. A little odd. In, uh, and and in, you've got a par three longer than a par four. Yes. Depending on where they put the tees. Today, yes. I think it's longer. The, yes, you have a, a par three that can play 284 to 290 yards, but you also have a par three that today is playing uh, 115, 115 today that can play as short as 78 yards. Can play seventy-eight yards, par three. I love that, and, and the guys are scared of it still. Yeah, because it's about this wide, like a foot wide. It looks like, but six is such a, an interesting hole, and and I don't know. I haven't been able to because today didn't have power, um, and yesterday you know worked. So I'm I'm hoping tomorrow we get to get to see a good look at six because if you have ever played the game, that's one of the more interesting holes. Because it's certainly drivable. It's like 284 from, from T to pin. Mm-hmm. But the green is so, so, so narrow. And it, it's it's like horizontal. And so it runs left to right on you, and it's very narrow. And there's a deep bunker, a, a very penalizing bunker in front of the green, and then a native area behind it. And so if you miss the green, which is a really narrow green, your shot into the green, even though it's close, is very difficult. But then you can lay up and hit into it from 100 yards or so, but you're hitting, you know, eight iron off the tee. And so the, the, watching these guys make that decision, I, I think, is going to be interesting if you're just a sports fan looking at, instead of a guy just hitting a driver off the tee and an eight iron into the green, it's you're going to see three-wood driver or eight iron off the tee into the same hole, which is really interesting. All right, you, so you talked about how good the leaderboard is. Projected cut is plus two. Let me give you some of the names that are not going to make the cut is if it is at plus two. Phil Mickelson, plus three. Shot 74 today. Uh, Jordan Spieth, plus three. Uh, Adam Scott, plus three. Colin Morikawa, not going to make the cut. Nick Taylor, who won in Canada last week with that long putt. Sung J M is uh, plus four. Martin Keimer, Seamus Power. I mean, a lot of big names that uh, are not going to make the cut, including Joel Damon and Keegan Bradley, former PGA champ, and uh, Justin Thomas. He's at plus seven. Not gonna, obviously, not gonna make it. Hayden Buckley, um, plus nine. Mississippi native played his uh, college golf at Missouri. So, uh, just big names. They're not going to be playing on the uh, the weekend at the Los Angeles Country Club, but uh, certainly a leaderboard worth watching as well. Told you earlier that Oral Roberts came from behind and uh, and they won game one of the College World Series. They were down three runs going into the top of the ninth inning. Scored four, including hitting a three-run home run. And uh, from there, they were uh, able to hold on to the bottom of the ninth inning. We, we never Six, uh, five. picked who we think was going to win the thing, by the way. 
We never got Richard Cross's official, here's who's winning the College World Series, and here are the two teams that are going to play in the championship. Florida, yet. Florida is going to play in the championship against Wake Forest. Wake is killing it, man. They're, if they win the national championship, I'm sure there is one. But it might be difficult to find a more dominant run through the regionals and super regionals to to get there and win a championship. See, see here's the thing. I think LSU is going to beat Tennessee. I think they're going to win with Skeens on the mound. I yeah. think it's going to be a great environment tomorrow night. Then you're going to have uh, LSU and Wake Forest in a uh, in a one zero game. And I think that's where we're going to see Wake Forest start to separate from that side of the bracket with the depth that they've got of arms. Makes sense. Could be wrong, or it could be Oral Roberts. You, I mean, you said pick two, so I'll give you. Yeah, I'll give you Florida and, Florida and Wake Forest with uh, the Gators winning it all. No, good. That's that's good. Not a fan. I just if you told me to rank the teams in this field that I want to win, Florida's one step above LSU for seventh and eighth. Mm. Oral Roberts won just for the jokes. Okay. I mean, you know, Oral Roberts winning the College Baseball National Championship would be at least a compelling story. It'd be the biggest surprise since Fresno State did it as a four seed yeah, back in 2005. And they would do that. Six, seven, somewhere in there. In a field that features LSU, which don't hate the player, hate the game. I mean, think about what LSU invested into that roster and to have Oral Roberts win the thing. A little poetic justice yeah. something. We'll put a bow on this edition of Sports Talk Mississippi when we come back with you after this. Okay. Let's go. To the junction, in the grove, and to the top. Sports Talk Mississippi. On Super Talk Mississippi. One last time with you from M-Trade Park in Oxford. Thanks for being with us on this Friday afternoon, rolling into a Father's Day weekend. Certainly good to be with you. Michael Borky, Richard Cross, Lance in the studio today. Scary Gary making it it all happen for us on the road. We have uh, been coming to you live from the Mississippi Bombers Summer Southeast Invite. Of course, M-Trade Park, one of our partners here on uh, Sports Talk Mississippi. So great to uh, be here uh, back again for uh, this event. And uh, all the best to everybody that's playing. 120 teams from 15 states that are wow. here this uh, this week. Do you know what the furthest state away is? Um, Massachusetts. No way. I... Oh, well, I thought you were being serious. It was, uh, I, I, just... was about, I was about to start asking some questions on the way out. Hey. I just picked did, one, man. Did you fly here? Yeah, I, 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 I do not know the answer to, uh, to that. I do know the answer to this. The question is, are you looking for a new car or truck? Or SUV? If the answer to that is yes, I'd love to tell you where you might want to look. 
Belkford Oxford Toyota on Highway 6 West in Oxford. Great selection of Ford F-150s that are on the lot right now. they got 2023s that are there. A bunch of different trim levels as well. Uh, some some really cool options for you. It's not just F-150s, though. They've got a, a couple of Super Duties. They've got some Broncos. or some Explorers that are out there. And then a great selection on the used side. And if a Ford is not what you're looking for, you can just ease up the hill to, uh, to Oxford Toyota. Some Tundras that are out there. Uh, some Camrys on the lot. A couple of Forerunners I think I saw when I uh, drove by it last night as well. And it's not just cars new and used. It's the service department. It's the it's the whole deal. Whether it's 15 or bigger repairs that need to be done, they've got you covered. In fact, there is a new service entrance on the west side of the Ford building. Uh, so if uh, you were used to going to the service department at Belk Ford in Oxford and you pulled in, you knew it was always on the left, right, on the east side of the building. Well, now it's on the far right side as they have expanded the service area for your convenience and to be able to service more vehicles. Uh, they treat you like family at Belk Ford and Oxford Toyota. If you're looking for a new Ford truck or anything else, give them a call or stop by and see them. Highway 6 West and tell them I sent you. Richard Cross from Sports Talk Mississippi sending you to Belk Ford. So we rolled Borky into a uh, pretty good pretty, pretty good sports weekend. We were talking about that just a little bit ago. Just a couple of nuggets on the way out the door. This is uh, softball related. i give you something from softball since we're at sure. the big softball yeah. tournament. Jordan Ball, Jordy Ball, She was the national championship winning pitcher from Oklahoma. Mm -hmm. Entered the transfer portal this week. Going home to Nebraska. All the pictures of her Nebraska uniform. She committed to Nebraska. Last year, Nebraska had 365 season ticket holders. 365. They currently have 2,124 requests for season tickets with the announcement that Jordy Ball is continuing her career in Lincoln. That's really cool. Those people, I I don't know know if it's in the water or what, but, like, they support sports. They they fill up the basketball arena for volleyball games. Oh, yeah. 16,000, 20,000 people, whatever it is, for volleyball games. Yeah, we talked about that. This August. What, 80,000 that are going to be at the uh, football stadium for a volleyball match? On like a Tuesday night. you got to watch it on the screen up at the stadium, though. There's no way. If you're in the upper deck looking down, you can see a volleyball game. Also this. Uh, you remember a couple of years ago, Deion Sanders had to miss, what, three games when he was the head coach at Jackson State when he was having something like that. Uh, yeah. a medical issue with his, his foot, his left foot, and was very quiet about it. Didn't, didn't talk much about it publicly. Well, that has changed. As Deion Sanders allowed camera crews with the pregame show to film a meeting with his medical team at the University of Colorado. He's preparing for his first um, head football coach. An 11-minute video released. And his orthopedic surgeon, Dr. Ken Hunt, said, you have to understand what the risks are. Things can cascade. You might not just lose another toe, but you could lose the foot. So Deion Sanders had to have two toes amputated Um as opposed, well, it was it was complications, uh, yeah, it, lack of circulation, vascular issues, and you can tell he doesn't walk the the, the same anymore. No, you know he's he's not as. Yeah, I know he's he's a little bit older, but he's not. Says he has no feeling on his left in his left foot. 
And they say, well, there's a procedure we might be able to do, but you have to understand the risk. And he said, I understand the risk. I want to do it now because once we get to the season, I don't have any time. He said, I know what the risks are. I only have eight toes, so I'm pretty sure I understand. There you go, Coach Prime. You you don't want Coach Prime on a a stool like Derek Dooley. No. No. I remember the stool. Yes. Thanks for being with us. Fun afternoon at uh, M-Trade Park. Appreciate uh, uh, all of our guests, guests on Sports Talk Mississippi. Join us on the Farm Bureau guest line. Check out favorites.com and go with the home team, Mississippi Farm Bureau. Enjoy your Father's Day weekend. Enjoy the sports weekend. We'll be back with you on Monday. For Borky and Lance, I'm Richard Cross. Good night. Running a business is tough. If you're struggling with HR benefits and payroll, you're not alone. Many businesses just don't have the resources to keep up. That's where MWG Employer Services comes in. We provide a full range of employer services with everything from payroll to benefits to HR services and compliance and can create a custom plan that fits your needs and budget. We're a Mississippi-based company that can help you focus on what you do best, growing your business. Call MWG Employer Services today at 601-206-7966 or go to MWG Employer Services A Super Talk Mississippi media production.